It's not too late to put in your 2020 poultry order with My Pet Chicken. My Pet Chicken offers a variety of chicks, ducklings, goslings, and hatching eggs, as well as everything you would possibly need to raise your new feathered friends. And we absolutely love that we can put together our dream flocks without a per-breed minimum. Let your crazy chicken dreams come true and go to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to put your order in. When you use that link, it lets My Pet Chicken know that we sent you and it helps support the podcast. Hey, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I just opened a Wild Ohio Brewing Blueberry Tea Beer. Ooh. Blueberry Tea Beer? Yeah. That sounds delightful. It is pretty delightful. It says it's beer made without barley or malt, made Mm. with fermentable sugars and fruit juice. How is it? It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to just kind of be like, meh, when I drank it. But no, it's delicious. It says it's gluten-free on it. So I'm always like, meh, I don't know. Gluten makes everything taste better. (laughs) (laughs) But for any of our gluten-free listeners, give it a shot. Because it's pretty yes. good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a really good. Um, I think it's supposed to be kind of like a, it, it's not like a kombucha beer directly, but mm. it is a fermented tea beer. Nice. So, yeah. What are you drinking over there? So, today I made two drinks. Um, my first one was some <laughs> leftover tequila that was in my refrigerator from like a year ago. But, you know, tequila's not going to go bad. So I was like, I'm just going to make a skinny margarita with this, with my margarita mix that's also in here and a year old. Hopefully this is fine. So it's good. And then I went to take a picture of it before we recorded. And I was using my barn cat as a model. I snap a photo, look at it, and he knocks it over. (laughs) That's a cat of him. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, ah. And luckily, like, it didn't pour into my sunflower seedlings that I have outside (laughs) (laughs) just missed it so my second option today since that was the last of my tequila is a diet verners which is ginger ale for all of you non-michigan people and some fireball Mm. and it sounds good yeah it kind of just tastes like a cinnamon candy (laughs) that's carbonated so it works for me nice yeah you michiganders sure do like your verners um and i've had it in my house the whole time the the covid's been a thing because we automatically think that you know verners cures everything like anytime (laughs) i'm sick i I crave verners because that's always what my mom gave me so i've just had it the whole time (laughs) just in case and and just because i think i'm slowly turning into my mother over time and it's not a bad thing I'm not saying that's a bad thing it's just she was all about the diet verners and the popcorn and now I am all about the diet verners and the popcorn so cheers (laughs) 
<laughs> That's awesome. I think uh, turning into our parents, if they were awesome people, is like the biggest compliment we could give them. So I would think so. <laughs> I mean, I did tell you the other day, I'm just like my dad with the thermostat. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community, from hobby farmers to large-scale real-deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain so hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents or make mistakes, but we cut a lot of them and put them up on the Patreon. And this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps. So go to patreon.com slash drink and farm. And starting at $2 a month, you can become a patron and you get to see and listen to all sorts of things. Like I did post the picture pre-drink being knocked over with Bustafer into the patreon before we started recording this so you can go see the smugness on his face for he knew what he was gonna do so sometimes (laughs) we post fun things up there like that (laughs) love it and speaking of the patreon our drink peep this episode is our newest drink peep and her name is elizabeth steves yay welcome and thank you and yes cheers (laughs) thank you so much all right. We have follow-up. We do. We've been skipping we that. We haven't had follow-up in months. Yeah. I know. It's just we've been that good with being quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. We've both been working on, like, a lot of things. But we mm-hmm. also just had topics where we had a lot to talk about. So, like, adding yeah. a follow-up into those episodes didn't make a whole lot of sense because they'd be, like, forever long. Yes. Some people like that. Some people don't. So (laughs) we try to please everyone here, even though we know it's not possible. (laughs) Impossible. So I had a duck hatch. Yay! Like a duck. Like a singular. A duck. (laughs) Oh, duck. (laughs) One duck. And that was exactly what I said when I was canceling them because duck eggs are really cool, or at least uh, the Pekin duck eggs are really cool because you can see exactly what's going on yeah. in that shell for a really long time. So by like day 10, I knew that I only had one duck because mm. <laughs> one of them got the red ring of death, which yes. is something they always talk about with uh, chicken hatches. I've never actually seen it in a chicken egg because most of the chicken eggs that I've hatched, the shell has been a little too dark, so mm. you couldn't necessarily make it out. But in a duck egg, it was a perfect like circular shape, like a blood ring. And I was like, oh, yeah. I know exactly what that is. Oh, no. <laughs> And then I had two that just got like that really dark speck in it. Have you seen that? Where like you turn the egg over and you can see that everything's just like free floating in there and it just has a dark speck. And then I had two that did nothing, like nothing at all. (laughs) And then there was Chuck. (laughs) Chuck the duck. (laughs) Yes. I called him uh, Sir Charles A. 
what did I call him? I saw Shoot, it. It I was forgot. funny, but I can't remember yes. the whole name. <laughs> it was very long. It involves duck ship. It's his formal name. <laughs> duck ship. <laughs> duck ship is what I'm going to refer to that duck as for forever more after that minisode. <laughs> it sounds a lot like duck shit, which you're about to experience a lot of. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. For one duck. So I had him here as a singular duck for about a week. He pooped so much. Oh yeah. Isn't it crazy? It was insane. It's so crazy. Like, I would clean it before I'd go to bed and then I'd wake up and the whole thing would be covered in poop. Like there were poop on the walls. Yeah. Because they rocket their poo. And I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so have you heard it happen, though? Have you heard him poop? No, I have not okay. heard him poop yet. <laughs> yeah. Just wait, because that's really funny and makes it worth it for like a second. <laughs> Just one second? Just that's one. It. And then you're like, ah, oh, crap, I have to clean this up. <laughs> Darn it. And we had him in the house for about a week because um, I put him in the little tiny chick brooder because it was just him. So I was like, well, let's keep him inside so that, you know, he has company. Because since he was by himself, I didn't want to put him in the garage where he would just, you know, he'd be lonesome except for yeah. when I checked on him. Then he'd at least like have people to look at and someone mm-hmm. would be stopping by and peeking in and petting him and whatnot. But uh, his hatch day was really cool because it was our anniversary. It was our nine year wedding anniversary. And I wasn't home. I missed it. My kids got to watch it, though, because Jared and I went to Menard so that we could buy my rain barrel and like some other things for projects. So I was so sad. I told (laughs) I knew he was pipping and like zipping when we were leaving. So I told Orion, my 14 year old, I was like, send me pictures of his progress. So I like am in Menards and my phone would buzz and I'd look and there'd be like a picture of the egg, like all zipped. And then there was one of him like, you know, out of the egg. And he's like, the duck hatched. Now what do we do? Like, Leave him alone. Don't touch him. <laughs> I'll take care of him when I get home. <laughs> so but I was so excited. He survived. Like I would, yeah. totally wasn't expecting that. I figured he'd. I figured he'd pip, and then there'd be nothing because it was a good thirty-six hours after he pipped. Oh wow! Before he hatched, and like the minute he pipped, of course I wanted to assist because I'm impatient AF. <laughs> it's hard because ducklings and goslings can be tricky with their hatching so sometimes mm-hmm. it, you do need to intervene it's just yeah it's tough not to especially when you're excited to hear their cute little peeps while you're holding them in your hand because mm-hmm. it's so cute it's the best so, cute. so you had to get him friends correct Yes, I did. I got him some friends and it was really great. So I haven't been able to find him friends. I'd gone to a couple of like local farm stores around me. I couldn't find any. But um, his grandparents, I guess it would be Chuck's grandparents. Yeah. So (laughs) Chuck came from a clutch of eggs that were laid by my neighbor's parents' ducks. So Chuck's parents are named Frick and Frack. And uh, so their owners actually found Chuck's friends for me. I got a text on Monday from my neighbor and she's like, my mom found ducks for you. They're at the farm and fleet. It's called Family Farm and Fleet, I think, or something like that uh, in Washington Courthouse, which is like a town that's like 40, 
five minutes from me, which is kind of far. She's like, they're there. There's five of them. They said they'll hold them for you if you go pick them up by seven today. Of course, it was Memorial Day and it was a big chore day. So I was like, no, I'm not going to go today, but I have to head that direction on Wednesday anyway. So I'll wait. And if they still have them, they have them. And if they don't, then I guess those ducks weren't meant to be. But I called them Wednesday morning and they were like, yep, we have five ducks. So I was like, oh, all five of them are still there. Like, (laughs) well, I'll just get him two so that I left three there and then I would have three ducks. But Mm -hmm. when I got there, they were all in this adorable little like duckling cuddle puddle. And I'm like, who do I pick to stay and who do I pick to take (laughs) home? And what if I pick out all the drakes and I left all of, you know, the female ducklings here? So they're like, how many ducks do you want? I'm like, all of them. Just give me all of the ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Impulse buy. (laughs) And then when I got home, I told Jared, I was like, oh, I got Chuck some friends. He's like, oh, really? How many did you get him? I was like, all of them. And he just stopped and looked at me. He's like, what do you mean, all of them? I'm like, all the ducks they had. He's like, how many was all the ducks they have? I was like, five. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess that's okay. Because, like, that could mean a lot of things because I've gone to, you know, Tractor Supply and they've had, like, 12 hanging out. So he was probably mm-hmm. fearing for, for the worst. I think so, too. (laughs) Five is not bad, though. Five is not bad. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll have six ducks. And, of course, uh, at these farm stores, they sell them straight run. So Mm -hmm. you don't get to pick, which is kind of unfortunate. And, obviously, Chuck was a hatched duck. So I could have all drakes. I could have all female ducks. Is there a certain name for female ducks, or are they just called hens, I think they're hens. Okay. Good to know. Uh. Or it could be a healthy mix. And if we end up having a problem with the drakes, uh, I already told Jared, yes, I will sell them to our Amish farrier because <laughs> I already found out what it was like to keep too many males of one species around. And I'm not going to go down that road again. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have ducks. Now I just Yay. need to build them a home because they're totally going to outgrow that brooder before I know it because they're huge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Already. (laughs) They grow so fast. And that is why a lot of people, you know, get them when they're cute and little. And then they're like, what have I done? And then there's a lot of, like, homeless ducklings because Uh, people don't know how to deal. So do the responsible thing when you buy ducklings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They get get big, like, really fast. These guys are, like, twice as big as Chuck, but they took him in as their own, like, right away. They were not upset with him whatsoever, and it was really cute when I put all of them in because, you know, Chuck got all excited when I took the little grate off of the top. And Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as I put the first duck in, he ran over to it and just, like, you know, did his cute little, like, bill clicking thing, like, all around him and, like, snuggled with him, and then he looked up at me and did like that duck smile like he was like thank you I love it <laughs> My, the human bought me friends <laughs> yeah he knew he was missing something he didn't know what it was his adorable little chicken stuffed animal was a good substitute for friends for a little bit but um, I need to take that out now because they're ignoring the chicken stuffed animal they're just yeah. pooping on it now at this point yeah <laughs> that'll happen <laughs> all right So I think we have a pretty fun topic for this episode. 
something we've kind of had in our back pocket for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this one because it answered a burning question that I had. Yeah. That I didn't really know I had. <laughs> I did not. I have not tested this theory on my own because it looks a little like cruel and unusual to me. And I'll be honest, I didn't read the show notes that you typed up for this. So I will be learning in real time and hearing about your experience with this topic. Oh, good. Well, buckle up. Because oh. I think you're going to be glad that you didn't try this on your chickens. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so the question that we're answering today is, can you really hypnotize a chicken? And if you've seen the YouTube videos, it totally looks like that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty neat party trick. Uh, and when they do it on a rooster that has just been like flogging the crap out of all the people around you, you're like, holy cow, that is an excellent tool that I should have in my back pocket. And yeah, for a dangerous <laughs> chicken, I'd totally use this on a dangerous rooster. <laughs> <laughs> But here is what um, this article says about uh, this trick of hypnotizing chickens. And uh, the article that we're referencing in this episode was from Smithsonian Magazine. And we will link to that in the show notes so that you can go check it out. So the author said uh, to do this, all you have to do is hold a chicken's head down against the ground and draw a straight line using a stick, a finger, chalk, or whatever. And the line should start at the beak and extend straight outward in front of the chicken. If done properly, the chicken, and it says, or rooster, like a rooster's not a chicken, <laughs> <laughs> will be put into a state of trance and lie still for anywhere between 30 seconds or 30 minutes. And to dehypnotize the chicken, you just clap your hands or give it a gentle push. It may take a few tries to awaken the bird. <gasps> and it's super cool to watch the videos. So if you haven't yet, I highly recommend you do it because you're like, what the hell? <laughs> How is it so focused? <laughs> and my favorite was when I mentioned this to Jared and he looked at me like I was an insane person. And he's like, <laughs> you cannot hypnotize a chicken and I was like oh yes you can hypnotize a chicken google it and he's watching the videos and he's like holy cow like how is that even possible and I'm like well I don't know all the mechanics behind it but maybe it'll make a good drink and farm podcast so here we are <laughs> here we are <laughs> I love it and uh I was really interested in this idea because I thought you know, we're getting ready to process our meat chickens. And if mm -hmm. you've ever processed meat chickens, like it's a super dramatic thing. Yeah, I can <laughs> That's imagine. That's the nice way to put it. Yeah. yeah. And I thought to myself, well, there's any way that I can make this easier and simpler and more humane. Like, I want to do it. Mm -hmm. I want to try it. Because if I'm being totally honest, I really, really really dislike dispatching chickens yeah well I think I feel like most people probably feel that way unless they've just done it so much that they're totally de desensitized to it and that's not 
necessarily a bad thing. I don't want anybody to feel bad about that necessarily. Just because if you're desensitized to it doesn't mean that you're not respectful of what the animal's giving you. It's just that you're used to what the process is. Yeah. And, you know, there probably are some people that are desensitized to it because I see lots of, um, what's what I'm looking for? Like, you know, uh, raw, raw encouraging posts on processing day, Mm -hmm. you know, on the Instagram for chickens. And like, I've always wanted to write one of those, but I never do because I never like have a great feeling afterwards just because that's me. Like, I just haven't gotten to that place yet. And so, um, like seeing that and actually physically going through that process has also helped me understand why there's so many people that just don't take an active role mm-hmm. in their food production, especially their meat production. Cause like, yeah, I, I totally get it now. Like I, I get why people give me weird <laughs> looks when I tell them that I raise my own chicken, <laughs> but I've managed to get over that. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, maybe you'll get to a point where it's a little less difficult because you have more practice at it and you're you're maybe a little more confident about the process because, like, I'm nervous and I haven't even done it yet. I'm nervous for our first time if we decide to do that. And, like, we don't even have meat chicks right now. (laughs) So I think it's a good thing to, like, be a little, maybe not afraid of it, but, like, just acknowledge that it's not fun. Yeah, and it's not easy. And you picked the correct word when you said confident in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the hardest part uh, as stewards of our farms and as stewards of our animals and deciding to go through the process of actually processing them ourselves. Like our goal is to make it as fast and humane and mm-hmm. dignifying as possible. And when you're not confident that your um, method is all of those things, like it just makes it just that much harder. So that was yeah. why researching this topic kind of became a thing because I thought, well, gosh, if we could just hypnotize them and then do it, like it will be so calm mm-hmm. and easy yeah. and the chickens won't even know what happened. Um, and, uh, I know we're not alone in these feelings because we actually recently got a post in our Facebook group from someone who was asking a little bit about it. And I'm so glad that she felt like our Facebook group was a safe space to like express her worries about it and what the first time was like for her. So, I mean, that was super awesome. If anyone's not in our Facebook group and you're like, you know, worried about asking questions to the Internet and getting like, you know, taken out to dry over it like come join our Facebook group because that's definitely not gonna happen (laughs) right no everybody was super nice in in the response too and it it did kind of make my day that somebody felt brave enough to share that there Mm -hmm. me too so uh unfortunately after looking into this though it turns out that this hypnotism trick for the chickens isn't really hypnosis at all it's something called tonic immobility so is that not as peaceful well it's basically scaring the shit out of the chickens oh so they're like paralyzed with fear exactly oh it is being paralyzed with fear oh well that doesn't sound very nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) in a nutshell 
Uh, the researchers said that the chicken or any other animal that exhibits a response like this is convinced that it's going to die and goes into a catatonic state. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's super interesting. I guess it's kind of like playing dead. <laughs> oh, they're playing possum. <laughs> yes, they're playing possum, but not very well, you know, because their eyes are still open. And... Yeah. <laughs> they're just, it's like back in the day when they used to behead people and they just put them, like, made them put their head down and then their head got chopped off. It sounds like it would be the same thing. They just accepted mm-hmm. that it was going to happen. Oh, that's so <laughs> sad. <laughs> it is. It's super sad. So, um, some fun little history. It turns out that farmers have known about this trick at least since 1646. Oh, wow. This guy named Athanius Kircher published a book called Mirabile Experimentum de Imagination Gaiane. I don't know. Is that a it's, Harry Potter it, spell? <laughs> It sounds like it. Uh, the dude was from Rome. Oh, so it's Italian, I think. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. I couldn't even figure it out. That's my guess. Somebody can tell us if we're wrong. Yes, please do. I was going to guess Latin, but I like Italian better. Um, so this reaction, this uh, tonic immobility action... Uh, is most commonly reported in domesticated birds like chickens and quail, but other species seem to demonstrate tonic immobility as well. Uh, There was a study from 1928 that looked at the response in lizards and another study that watched the brains of rabbits during movement, rest, sleep, and tonic immobility. And uh, there's links to those studies inside this article, so you can go to the link in the show notes and then click on the links to these studies in the article. They're kind of interesting. And something else that they learned while doing this research is that it's possible that humans are susceptible to this reaction, too, which was kind of like, whoa, really? (laughs) Oh, that's kind of dark. Yeah, it is really dark. So they're saying that tonic immobility responses can happen to humans during traumatic events. Um, And... The way that they discovered this is they did a study that looked at whether PTSD patients experience tonic immobility, and they asked two groups of patients, one with PTSD and one without, to listen to a script in which they experienced a traumatic event. And the researchers watched the patient's posture and brain during the whole thing, and the study was really small, so it can't exactly you know be a broadcast as being um, absolutely true, but it was a first step in, you know, trying to figure this out. The script did cause participants some immobility, and at the same time, their heart rate sped up, which Mm. implies that tonic immobility is preserved in humans as an involuntary defense strategy. So it's not really hypnosis because when you do this to an animal it's not about getting sleepy (laughs) but it's about feeling scared and I decided that I obviously did not want to scare the shit out of these chickens that I had cared for for the last eight weeks and so we did not do it that way we decided against it and in fact I haven't done this to any of my hens or like you know like egg laying chickens either and I'm really glad uh, that I haven't <laughs> since 
I decided to look into this first. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I did a quick Google search. I do think you're right that that title is Latin. Um, oh, okay. And also, it translates into English to mean something like marvelous experiment with the imagination of a hen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, now I want to read that book. Yeah. Not in Latin, though. In English. No, in English. <laughs> Unless I can't. you live in no Latin. I just don't know that about you yet. <laughs> Fun fact, my boss knows Latin. It was his, oh. uh, he had to have two foreign languages to get his PhD. Oh, wow. And so he picked Latin. And as a scientist, that totally makes sense. So. Yeah. Um, it also says here that the record length for a time chicken remaining under this tonic and mobility is three hours and 47 minutes whoa which is a long time to be scared <laughs> that is <laughs> i don't care who or what you are that's a long time <laughs> i don't want to be scared that long i bet no. she was really hungry and thirsty when she got oh, up <laughs> i mean i am too after i'm scared for a few minutes <laughs> i mean we're only 30 minutes in this episode and i'm hungry and thirsty mm. and i have a beverage <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for doing some research on that that is good information to have and be aware of because yeah now i don't want to scare my chickens either no and i figure most of our listeners don't either so i thought let's myth bust this right now yeah get it over with i know it's a fun ruining topic <laughs> but you know <laughs> yeah it's it's important it is so now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Do you want to go first this week? I can, since you did most of the talking there. I'll give you a break. <laughs> I will kick back and enjoy my beverage. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> my can't even this week isn't really farm related, um, but it is beer related and it is COVID related. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to share this and not care. Um, so the title of the article is 103-year-old Massachusetts woman beats coronavirus, celebrates with Bud Light. Oh, my gosh. That's the best. Yes. <laughs> and this is from USA Today News. Um, and... I won't read all of it, but I'll just skim it. Um, So basically, three weeks ago, um, Jeannie, this very old Polish grandmother, um, was the first to test positive for coronavirus in her nursing home. She had a low-grade fever and was moved to a separate ward. Um, So it it got to the point where she was very, very ill, And to the point where her family was, like, saying final goodbyes, like, that bad. Um, And it says here, too, when Shelly's husband, which is her uh, granddaughter, um, asked if she was ready to go to heaven, she replied, hell yes. (laughs) Which I just think (laughs) is, for the circumstance, super cute coming from a 103-year-old granny. (laughs) That is super cute. (laughs) Yes. So on May 13th, she actually got some good news um, that this feisty old Polish grandmother had officially beaten the coronavirus. Oh. And the staff gave her an ice cold Bud Light to celebrate, something she loved but hadn't had in a long time. Oh. Yes. And this 
uh, old lady was the first resident in the nursing home to recover, but that nursing home still has 33 cases of coronavirus. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Yikes. But, okay, so I thought this was kind of a feel-good thing because it feels like we only really hear the doom and gloom mm-hmm. right now. So I thought it was nice to hear of a really old person who are the most vulnerable kicked this thing's ass and celebrated with a beer. So, Bev, if you were in this old lady's shoes, what would be your celebration beer if you were in her situation? Ooh, so I was going to say that that's a really hard one, but it's not. It's a super easy one. It would be a Hus Brewing Coffee Kolsch. I figured it would be. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, that was the beer that was in my uh, can keeper when I flipped my kayak this weekend. (laughs) I was so sad because I thought I had lost it all, but nope, my can keeper kept it all in there, so I still got to drink it. (laughs) That's amazing. What would be your uh, celebratory beverage? I guess it doesn't have to be a beer. Well, I think mine would be Great Lake, Great Blake's, um, which is from Blake's Hard Cider. It's their coffee cider. It's oh, yeah. so good. And it's one of my it favorites. It is really good. And it's seasonal. And I don't know if they're going to bring it back again. So it would be that <gasps> or or because I, I had a hard time with this because I already thought about it. It would be, I learned it from watching you, which was a central state brewing beer that we got at Coop Camp last year, which is also limited edition. I still have one of those in my fridge. Ah! Maybe I'll drink it next episode. (laughs) (laughs) I've been saving it for a special occasion. Ah, So good. But every day is a special occasion. So really, I should just be drinking the good beer. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you're eating tiramisu for breakfast. You might as well drink the good beer, too. That's a good point. I'm just living it up right now. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, so what's your can't even this week? Okay, so my can't even is from the Dodo. Uh-huh. And it's man and donkey cry with joy while reuniting after quarantine. <laughs> that just sounds adorable. It was adorable. And in fact, like I watched the video and the sound that his donkey is making just like made me tear up also because you could like hear that she was just so happy to see him (laughs) again so the article says for the last two months ismail fernandez has been under lockdown at home in spain unable to see his family because of the pandemic but there in the nearby countryside where fernandez's brother lives was someone else he was missing a beloved pet donkey named baldemera And it's clear that she felt the same. Normally, Fernandez visits his brother and Baldemera. He calls her Baldo for short. Once a week, they enjoy strolling through the hills together and simply spending time with one another. The quarantine, unfortunately, put that sweet routine on hold. Earlier this week, however, the lockdown in Spain finally began to lift. And he says... Many people wanted to go to bars, but I just wanted to visit my donkey. I missed her a lot. The first thing I did was go see her, which is just so sweet. (laughs) Upon arriving to the family farm, Fernandez called Baldo's name and she came running, leading to a heartwarming reunion filled with emotion for them both. 
He said, I started crying. I was so happy to be seeing her. And when she saw me, she started crying. I had never heard that sound from her before. She cried with me. We cried together. And there's a video of that touching moment. And it does sound like she's crying. She's doing her braying. (laughs) But it's just like really short and like it does it sounds like sobbing it sounds like sobbing braying oh i'm gonna have to watch that when i'm by myself (laughs) yes do it when you're by yourself that way you don't ugly cry in front of everybody else (laughs) but it's so sweet there will be a link to it in the show notes and that was another feel-good story we both had feel-good stories (laughs) about time we've been we've been trying really hard not to be downers but yes it's a little tough right now when everybody else is being a downer too (laughs) yeah yeah it is so be sure and send us your can't evens you can post them in our facebook group you can send us send them to us via facebook messenger instagram or you can email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com we collect all your can't evens and we put them on our minisodes and if you haven't already you should leave us a review Each week, we want to pick our favorite Apple podcast review, and we're going to read it. And then the ones that we read for the month will be put in a drawing. And that person that is drawn from the hat, whether that is literal or figurative, um, will get an exclusive coffee (laughs) mug that is not and never will be in our shop. Um, Make sure you leave your Instagram handle or something so we can find you, or we're going to have to rely on you hearing it and reaching out to us, which both works um we did not get a new review this week so that means next week we'll announce the may winner and it should be pretty pretty good chances for the people that did leave reviews so make sure you go do that so you can throw your name in the hat (laughs) for june (laughs) in the virtual hat yeah (laughs) So we have just a couple of housekeeping and announcements. Uh, Coop Camp 2020 is rescheduled. It's in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's August 7th through 9th. We're going to be there. And you can use the code drink ampersand, which is the and symbol farm at checkout. And you get 20 bucks off an adult admission. So come join us. Drink and Farm also has a phone number. And this is where you can call and leave your farm stories or send us your questions. Um, we also had somebody do a fun impression of us with themselves in the last mini-sode. Um, yes. So that's an option, too. Um, and you can dial that number. It is 401-426-FARM, which is also 401-426-37 or 3276. Um You can call and leave us all that fun stuff. There is a three-minute limit. So if you go past three minutes, you're going to have to call back. Um, But yeah, we love that. And we love playing those on our mini-sodes. So go do that. Uh, Be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor. um, When we post the episode, we typically post on Instagram. Uh, with some fun drink pictures. And if you'd be so kind to share our post in your Instagram stories and tag us at Drink and Farm, we're going to send you a promo code just for that episode that will give you a percentage off in our merch shop. 
Take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discussed today, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of our social media stuff and merch shops. So that's it, guys. Yeah, we hope you had a great time learning about tonic and mobility in all kinds of animals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, just thanks for listening. Um, And until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things. We only want the best for our flocks, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Grubbly Farms Grubblies, an all-natural snack that provides the nutrients and minerals needed for happy, healthy chickens. And now, Grubbly Farms is offering flocks a choice on where their grub love is harvested with Grubbly's World Harvest. It's the same amazing Grubblies that brings your flock to the yard, but harvested at FDA-approved farms around the world, but never in China. Grubbly's World Harvest has all the calcium and protein the OG Grubblies have, but at a lower price point. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order.